Welcome to Deuterocanons. Welcome to Deuterocanons. This is part two of Byron is Back. So with me always is Byron. Party on, Byron. Uh, party on, Justin. And I'll just fix that in post if it turns out that I just put these two parts into a single episode. But I think I'm going to break it up into two just because. Oh, yeah. See, I feel like as it was winding down, I wasn't sure what we were doing. If we were like right away doing it or if you were literally going to separate this in time and space. I mean, I guess you did. It was just less time. Yeah. Yeah, so Zoom, silly Zoom, only giving us 40 minutes. Like, do they not know us? <laughs> right. I I thought for sure if you're doing something with more, I thought I thought if it's when you do more than two people, that's when they start having the time limit. But obviously well, that, that's, people that's what it says, but that's yeah. not what happened. Hmm. Unsat. So we All right, well, so with, if this... Go ahead. We left off with Zechariah 9.9, which is a prophecy mm-hmm. that Jesus fulfilled when he entered Jerusalem uh, a few days before he was before he was killed, when he rode in on, on the donkey. Right. And so, again, this is in the... Uh, we're, we're, we're working through the fruit of the Spirit still. This is gentleness. Uh, we've already gentleness. discussed the... Uh, the definition, which did I mark my Bible? I didn't mark it, did I? Nope. All right, hold on. I gotta go back to Galatians. So, um, it's so weird doing this right away. Like, if we were literally doing this a week later, I would. This would be a little more smooth, I think. Right. So, working our way through the fruit of the spirit using the matrix in, in my study Bible here. We're working through gentleness. We discussed the definition, which is meekness and humility, which I think are two appropriate words that definitely help us understand gentleness better. And so, yes, now we're talking about. Gentleness is an attribute of God, and we're in Zechariah 9.9. I'll go ahead and reread it real quick. It says, <clears throat> and this is my the NIV, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Okay. Um, so during the break there, I was reading through here, and I think it's so in place of... Uh, lowly my also my study bible here says or humble and this says riding on a donkey it says a suitable choice since the donkey was a lowly animal of peace contrast the war horse of verse 10 um <clears throat> uh, as well as a princely mount before the horse came into the common use the royal mount used by david and his son was the mule man i feel like there's definitely some things to unpack there I think the first thing that jumps out to me, though, is that it's a lowly animal of peace. I mean, because I guess if nothing else, what that speaks to is kind of we've discussed before, like the blending of the different aspects of the fruit of the spirit, peace being one of them. Mm-hmm. And here we see yoli, yoli, lowly, lowly, which means it's synonymous with humble, which is part of the definition for meekness. And so, I mean, again, like, you can see where there's overlap between gentleness and, and peace. I feel like those things kind of go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I didn't know that that David wrote a mule. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, did they give a reference for that? Uh, yes, it says Second Samuel thirteen twenty nine. I know this is kind of off topic, but it's something I I had never never known. Second Samuel what? Thirteen twenty nine. Okay. Thirteen twenty nine. Yeah, so Absalom's men di- did to Amnon what Absalom had ordered. Then all the king's sons got up, mounted their mules, and fled. Mm. Interesting. <clears throat> well, so, I don't know. Th- does that mean that they didn't also ride horses? But, I mean, may- maybe horses were really were used only in battle. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I guess, like I said, that's a little bit off topic, but but that that is something really interesting to think about, like the symbolism of the animals that are mentioned in the scriptures. Yeah, because <clears throat> it, it wasn't well, an I mean, accident that that Jesus right. rode in, rode in on a, on a uh, on a donkey, and it wasn't an accident that this prophecy, you know, mentioned that. Right, and I guess so. What you're saying, as far as the symbolism of the horse, of the animals, like so, are saying the donkey, which in here is saying is a lowly animal of peace, as as compared to the war horse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That is. So I, I guess you know if if uh, if the king is riding a mule, just kind of mm-hmm. like kind of going about his day to day stuff. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that that's a combination of a of a donkey and a horse. And it means I've got donkeys and horses at home. Right. Which I guess symbolically would mean I can come in peace or I can come and take you out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, again, we think about that, like, so what does this mean as an attribute of God, right? So we're talking about Jesus. And so ultimately we know that, again, the donkey is a lowly animal of peace. Jesus is the prince of peace. Like he came riding in on a donkey for a reason. Like he, he... He was coming to affect change in the world, right? But ultimately what, what that change looks like is, you know, it's the perfect peace that we've, we've talked about before. And I mean, again, like to me, it's just this idea of peace and gentleness. I mean, right, because we think about him standing up and calming the storm, right? Peace, peace, be still. Right, and like when we talk about like when as opposed to the stormy waters, what would those be? Like, those are gentle waters. Those are peaceful mm-hmm. waters. Those are, yeah. All right, so what, yeah. I guess, is there anything else with this one? What is, what, as far as what this says about as an attribute of God? Um, well, I, I guess part of it might be the, the progression in the verse itself. Um, and actually, I think, you know, I mentioned in the previous episode, um, having listened to, Lord of the Rings recently. So the, the books, not, not the movies. And uh, at the end, like when, when the, when the bad guy is ultimately defeated, there's an Eagle that flies to the capital city and delivers a mess, like this message of victory. And it, mm-hmm. it sounds a whole lot like this. Yeah. So rejoice. Great new daughter your king comes to you righteous and having salvation but yours says something about victory 
Yeah, as I say, mine says righteous and victorious, which again is so counterintuitive, right? We're talking about being victorious and yet riding on a donkey. But I guess what does that mean? It's like because because I've won, let's say Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I have no need of my my war horse. Which I mean right. we think about our lives, right? Like uh because we have peace, we drive automobiles, we don't drive tanks, <laughs> you know. I mean, I, like I don't at least. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, that that that's that is what I was getting at. That mm -hmm. maybe it's it's because of victory that the king can come on a donkey. But then I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. But then when we think about the fact that Jesus literally did this, literally rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. You know, he, he had he hadn't he he wasn't victorious yet. And yet he was still coming in on a on a donkey. I guess maybe because yeah. the way that he intended to be victorious did not involve the kind of warfare that might have been anticipated by mm -hmm. people at the time. Right. Although we, we do, in contrast to that, we see Jesus in Revelation riding a white horse. Yeah. And, and coming to conquer. Well, I mean, when we go back to this idea of meekness, like having, let's say, having great power the, or the capacity for destruction, yet, you know, uh, containing that, right? Having the capability with a sword, yet keeping it sheathed. I mean, like, like let's think of God. Right. Like God is obviously capable of forming the world. He's capable of the flood. He's capable of smiting people. Um, and yet we know that one of his attributes is peace. One of his attributes is what this is telling us is that it is it is gentleness also. Like mm -hmm. I think maybe that's like how he would prefer, prefer to conduct himself, maybe. Yeah. Well, OK, so. Back to the the idea of, of meek and forbearance being, being bound up in, in gentleness. God, but this is something that Missy and I have talked about a lot lately. God limits himself in his relations to us. Mm -hmm. mm. So he, which he, he has to. Mm -hmm. Well, he, he, he doesn't have to. He, he chooses to. And th this is, I don't know, maybe too much of a can of worms to get into, but Misty asked me something along the lines of, does God, this, this is going to sound sacrilegious, but it's, it's not meant that way. Does God know everything? Mm -hmm. And I thought about it. I said, well, God, God can choose to forget our sins mm. Mm. so god is so powerful that there are things that he can actually choose to not know anymore mm. which th that's that's part of his forbearance that's that's part of his gentleness to us is that he forgives us and when he forgives us it says that he separates him as far as the east uh is from the west he chooses mm. to know our sins no more and that, that's not something that, that you and i can do right you know if like w when i'm sinned against 
I can, I can forgive the person, which really means that I'm asking God to forgive the person. Yeah. You know, or like, I forgive you. So like, I'm not going to seek vengeance. Mm-hmm. And not only am I not going to seek vengeance, I'm going to ask for you to be forgiven by God himself. Mm-hmm. Because God is the one who can actually forget. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I, so I, I guess that. Sorry, I'm, I'm I'm chewing on a little bit too what you said there about him limiting limiting himself. And I guess at first I thought you were you were going to say something about how he limits what we know about him. Um. Which, I mean, I guess we all do that, right? Or like, there's things that we don't disclose to our children that we might disclose to our spouse. Like, and I guess I'm not sh- quite sure how this applies. It's just something I latched onto when you said it. Well, in Proverbs, it says oh. that it's it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search it out. Mm. Right. So, yeah, that there are things that God does hide from us. And that, that's actually a big point that Paul makes mm-hmm. throughout his letters. Well, to include space, because I, I think of the whole, you know, when God, the glory of God passes before Moses and he's only allowed to see his back, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Paul talks about the mystery of God that had been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now revealed through the church. And that mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Yeah. So, yes, we are limited. And even though the, the mystery Christ in you has been revealed to us, and so, therefore, we know and can experience more than those before the, before the descent of the Holy Spirit. Mm. We also, like it says in 1 Corinthians 13, we know in part, we see in part, we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect comes, then the things that are only partial uh, will be made complete. Mm-hmm. Mm. And there, there is an uh, an extent, maybe a maybe a um, an un unrecognized or, or unpublicized or or un uh, or not sufficiently, I don't know, discussed or thought about aspect of God that goes along with that. We are mm-hmm. limited, and He chooses to limit Himself. I mean, so yes, God is all-knowing. Yes, God is all-powerful. Yes, God is omnipresent. But but isn't the fact that that the Son of God chose to be limited by humanity by becoming human? You know that that that's indicative that that's in keeping with God's character anyway. Which I feel like some of what you're touching on there is the conversation we started to have about self-control and whether or not God can have self-control. Yes. And I think the answer is yes. But we're not there yet. We're not we're there still yet. Talking gentleness. Let's uh, go to the next passage then. It's in yeah. Matthew eleven Matthew eleven twenty nine, which I think we'll back up and read a little bit more. Matthew eleven twenty nine. Okay, you got that one? I do. I'm gonna start back at twenty five. It says At that time Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. Because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. 
All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. There's some, that sounds like some of the stuff you were just talking about. Yes. Come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. <clears throat> Which, you know, I need to mention this right now. I, didn't, I meant to mention this when we started. Uh, here's something different about this conversation. I don't know if people would pick up on this necessarily, but in the past when we've talked about the fruit of the Spirit, all the other passages we talked about, actually, I think it's up faithfulness. Maybe not. But a lot of these, uh, we had at least done some pre, I had done some pre-study on, like, we're just kind of taking it as it comes right now. I don't <laughs> feel like that's worth, it's worth mentioning. Um, so with that being said, I mean, yeah. So what do you think of those or th that passage? Well, the, the picture of the, the yoke is, <laughs> is, is very interesting. And it's something that people have talked about plenty, but th th there, there are things that, that I think about it because I, I spend time with animals Mm -hmm. So when I come to verses like this that maybe I haven't thought about since I, I've become a little bit more familiar with animals, you know, it, it kind of comes to me in a, in a fresh way. For my yoke mm -hmm. is easy and my burden is like, take, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Mm -hmm. Okay, so because Jesus is gentle, because he's meek and humble, we don't get partnered up with him and then he just drag us around the field. Yep. Um, it, it, it means that he goes, works with us at a pace that is in keeping with our stature, strength, ability, and, and so forth. And, you know, living around here, we actually get to see animals yoked together where, where most, most people don't. Even most people mm -hmm. who live out in the country and in, in most of well, most of the United States wouldn't necessarily get to see that. They might see tractors and stuff um, or, or wildlife. But because we're around the Amish and around Mennonites here in southwestern Kentucky, we actually see this at work. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I don't know if you remember the very, I think it was the very first episode we did. This was back on Facebook. I talked about being equally yoked. <clears throat> and again, to your point about in order to understand the uh, metaphorical, you have to understand the literal. And yeah. again, when you, you, you know, like Google it, YouTube it, watch these videos of, of a team of oxen or uh, other draft animals yoked together, uh, you know, and for these competitions, they'll push the, pull these sleds with, you know, just weights on them. But I mean, it's still not nonetheless impressive, but you see, it, you can, you can understand the importance of, being properly yoked with um like as i recall it's like in each team there's going to be a lead animal but that animal mm -hmm. like like you said can't just drag the other one by, around by the yoke like they have to uh balance that load appropriately between the two of them and and press into that yoke as a team to actually accomplish what the, what they're going to do and and oh shoot what was the term for it it's like yoke partner yoke like the person that you share the yoke with, yoke mate, yoke something. Oh, it's going to come back to me later. 
but again, like, I mean, if that's what this is saying here, like, what what better what better person to be yoked with than than Jesus? Because I think he's, or is Jesus the yoke? I feel um, like in the marriage, in the in the equally yoked analogy, that's what I envision is like God being the yoke that joins the husband and wife together. Well, I, I think that that's yeah, I think that that's true. In that case, um, take my yoke upon you, huh? Mm -hmm. So the other, I guess, the other thing I think about with this one though is not you, know, you could you could have a you could have a single a singly <clears throat> yoke. No, it's just a harness. Like a yoke is two, right? Yeah, but what about what about this then? Because isn't it also called a yoke when like for carrying water? Um. Maybe, but again, it would be a yoke because it's, it's got, it's, it's two and they have to be balanced. Like if you have more water over here than over here, like that, that's not gonna, it's not gonna work. Right. But that's what I'm saying. I, I, swear, I, I thought there was a way that people used to carry water where you'd have a yoke across your shoulders and you'd have a bucket hanging from each side. That's still a yoke, right? Yeah, I think so. Hey, Winston, come <laughs> on over. Ah, uh, both. Well, Byron, we, we, have a, we have a friend of Deuterocannons <laughs> in studio. He's ruining the surprise. It was supposed to be a surprise. Yeah. Here, here we have. Hey. Here hey, we have How's it going? <laughs> Good. Now we can see how, how this is totally unscripted. <laughs> if there was any ever any doubt whether or not this was scripted. Well, he said he was thinking about you a few minutes ago. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I was just wishing you was going to be back sooner. And I'm hoping, I was going to tell you if I ever got a chance to, I'm hoping while you're sitting around over there that you're planning a whole series of sermons when you get back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should be, huh? I, 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 I hate to tell you that I haven't been doing that. Although, I mean, there's there's plenty of inspiration. I just haven't put pen to paper. Maybe that's what it is. Well, yeah, you don't need to do that. You just need to know what you're thinking about. All, I, all oh, I'm yeah. saying is, all I'm well, saying is yes. we want to hear it. We want to hear. Yeah. We want to hear what you're thinking about. Yeah. Uh, well, Justin and I started off talking about. So I we have been doing a Bible study over here. It's been about seven to eight guys on Sunday. So. And, and I guess coincident, coincidentally, we typically start here. So it's like seven o'clock in the evening here. It's about the same time y'all are starting church there. So, you yeah. know, you take, take comfort in that, I suppose. Yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know how personal we're supposed to get on this, but I, I, and you know about obviously your boys' bicycles. <laughs> I do. I know that Santa Winston uh, assembled them and brought them to the house, so I appreciate that. Well, I have the manual still at my house, so I don't know whether to keep them until you get back or take them there. <laughs> I, either or. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry I've interrupted. I actually came to the church to go underneath and remove the heater that we put in when it was freezing. Oh, Okay. Yeah, you guys have had some weather over there for sure, huh? 
yeah, the water actually froze here for a little bit and we had to go under and put some heaters under there and thaw it out. My goodness. Well, anyway. I, no damage then? No, well, it's not as far as I know. The water came back on and I didn't see anything initially. Yeah. We put space heaters under there and thawed it. And then I left a little electric heater under there for the next several days. I meant to yeah. come get it a couple of days ago, but I'm just now getting to it. All right. Anyway, I've interrupted. I'm going to let y'all continue. All right. It's good seeing you. <laughs> Are you going to fix that in post or? No, no, no. That, 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 makes, the, that makes the cut. <laughs> okay. I, he, he's, he's saying no, but... We'll uh, see. Okay, so, so, so I, I don't know. I guess that's another thing I envision, though, is again the, the yoke across your back with the, carrying the buckets of water, you know, yeah. and where maybe the idea of that being a yoke that's easy and 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 you know, a light burden. Yeah, yeah, so. that's. <laughs> I, I need to look in some of the reference material that I have to see if there's. I don't know, any insight, any further insight into what sort of yoke that's envisioning. Mm -hmm. But e e either way, Jesus is either in the yoke with us or yeah. the yoke belongs to him mm -hmm. or both. You know, because like I was getting the picture that may maybe he's the one driving. But mm -hmm. I think I think it's more appropriate to 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 envision I guess the the typical way of thinking about it that that he's he's the other one with us pulling. Well, and then like I have a passage here or note here says yoke. The yoke speaks of submission, which yeah. I mean, I, I right, right. Like again, it's particularly if you envision a person being in a yoke, you you could see where that <clears throat> uh, would put you in a bit of a submissive state. But again, I think that aligns with our going back to our definition, the idea of. Uh, humbleness, humility, if you will. Mm -hmm. I mean, even, you know, even if it is you're fetching water, maybe we'd go with the other, the other version, you know? And so maybe, right. So th th then there's that, right. There's this, like this aspect of servitude service, make me a servant, Lord, make me like you. Right. My dad's favorite song, I think. Um, what are we, how are we doing on time? Can you see from your side? Uh, let's see. No, I can't. But I think that we have... It's going to surprise us. Right. I think that we have just under 15 minutes. Oh, my goodness. All right. Let's move on to attributes for Christians. So first passage I have is Isaiah 622. Okay. All right. I'm there. Okay. Wait a second. Isaiah 622? Yep, or 66.2, sorry. Okay, I was about to say, there's no Isaiah 6.22. And that's unfortunate because I turned directly to Isaiah 66. Okay, 66.2. <clears throat> All right, well, I'm going to start in verse 1 instead. This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things, and so they came into being, declares the Lord. 
This is the one I esteem. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Hmm. Now I want to know what contrite means. Do you know what that means? Uh, yeah. Yeah, contrite means recognizing wrong. Like, like recognizing personal wrong, personal fault, uh, personal weakness, insufficiency, okay. etc. So uh, that's where, so contrite, there is an um, adjective, uh, and the verb form is contrition. Mm -hmm. So a person, uh, sorry, the, the noun form is contrition. Um, so a person uh, is contrite to the extent that the person, yeah, recognizes fault. Which I, I think that's interesting that it's paired with humble, and I, I'm assuming that's what we're supposed to be latching onto here. But, I mean, again, I think part of humility, particularly when it comes to sin, let's say, or is, is realizing that we are also sinful, mm -hmm. you know. And so, again, I kind of go back to that whole not, don't think, more highly of yourself than you ought to because it's almost like a because remember uh you know like you sin too and, that, and and so which which kind of like that's i guess uh th i mean that's that that reminds me of like forgiveness which again i feel like forgiveness that's a, yet another thing like how do you how do you ungently forgive hmm. i mean isn't there isn't gentleness kind of baked into forgiveness yeah. Yeah, I mean it it, it has to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so again, I guess it's why oh hey, we're down to 10 minutes. Okay. But I, I guess that's why it's the fruit of the spirit. Because that they yeah. really all do go together. Right. All right. Well, maybe we should expedite this a little bit. Okay. Uh Matthew 5, 5. Matthew 5, 5. Oh, I'm right there, and I can't seem to... Hey, next time, it. whoever loses the sword drill has to do 10 push-ups. We don't have time for that, Justin. Okay. <laughs> okay, 5, 5. <clears throat> oh, you should... Mess. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit they will the inherit earth. They will inherit the earth. So, in other words, th this is... <clears throat> People who are like that, what do they get? The, the earth. The whole earth. Yeah. Like, why? Okay. Apparently because that's the sort of people that God wants to populate the earth. And so that that's how it's going to be someday. Which, man, we really can't do this on a time crunch. Like, people at home are probably going, like, you had two 40-minute blocks. How are you not fitting this all in? Yeah, that's because in real life, this takes longer, and we just edit all the other stuff Because <laughs> it says, uh, okay, this beatitude is taken from Psalm 3711, which I switched to that real quick. But the meek will inherit the land and oh, yeah. enjoy peace and prosperity. <clears throat> which, man, I really would like to read all those surrounding passages. Um, and refers to Matthew to, and refers in Matthew to an internal disposition of humility before God an external reality of low status or both. Okay. See, but, uh, okay. So where, where do we see, 
but again, yeah, like, cause there's, when we talk about meekness in that, that more, that, that other, the other context, the whole capability with the sword, but keeping it sheathed. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, again, there's a lowering of station, I think, involved in that, which is what the humility part is, right? Which again, we're talking about this as an attribute for Christians. So ultimately what we're saying is, you know, we see where God is, uh, comes in on the lowly beast, the lowly donkey of an animal of peace. And so uh, concurrently, like we are also to be meek and to be humble. And, and somehow that results in us inheriting the earth. How is that? Well, I, I think it's, so. well, I, I think it's because that, that tells us something about the kind of people that the Lord really will give, give an inheritance to. Mm-hmm. But but again, mm-hmm. it, it also makes sense because, um, you know, if so, gentleness, meekness, forbearance. Mm-hmm. Think about and so it, it, it referred back to Psalms. Psalms says the land. So the, the, the land doesn't simply mean like the whole earth, although I do think that in Matthew, that's that, that is what it's talking about. But the land, you know, the promised land, the, the land flowing with milk and honey, the 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 place where god set the the physical boundaries and the the moral boundaries and like like set up a way of doing things that could really work yeah and so so I, how, so how are they going to be able to keep that situation well by loving the lord and keeping his commands yeah and so part of that is like David, when he didn't follow God's commands, he repented. Mm-hmm. And so he was called a man after God's own heart. And so it's like, well, well, why is it the meek will inherit the earth? Well, because that like that's that that that's the only people who can keep it in the first place. Like, I, like, I mean, it's, like it's, why, it's, why give something to somebody if they're not going to be suited to even enjoying it or using it? in the first place. It's interesting that you tied the, that you used the word inheritance though. Cause I think that that helps paint an interesting picture because again, if I'm going to give a large sum of money to somebody, right. You might say I would pick a humble person because what's, what's in, again, an aspect of being humble would, would be to be selfless to not, again, okay. not think more highly of yourself than you ought to. And, and, and I, I don't know, I guess, I would have to continue to parse through that, but I think there's an element of, of being more responsible, maybe. That oh, comes yeah, sure. Yeah, because it really is our responsibility to, for example, be like Jesus. And we know that Jesus was meek. He mm-hmm. was gentle. And so, yeah, that that's, we have to be like that. We probably don't have time to get into uh, Jesus clearing the temple, but that might be something interesting to to think about in, in connection to all this. Like, how 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 does that still fit? Right, because obviously it does. For now, for now, we need to go to Ephesians four two and Colossians three twelve. Okay, Ephesians four two. Yeah. Be completely be completely humble. Humble. Sorry, go ahead. Yep. Be completely 
be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Which, I mean, I guess speaks to how these all overlap because those are all just listed bam, 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 right next to each other. Yeah, and, and what's the passage in Colossians? It was 3.12. Okay, all right, I'm there. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Mm-hmm. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Mm-hmm. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all in perfect unity. See, and again, that, I think feel like that's kind of what I was saying earlier, like how, how they're tying gentleness to forgiveness. Because again, yeah. I think you can't detach the two. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, right. Like, uh, I, I think the, there's, there's an app, there's like gentleness is baked into forgiveness. Be completely mm-hmm. humble and gentle. Be patient. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You got anything else? <laughs> no, that, that that's a whole lot. And there's, there's a lot of things that, that I'm, I'm chewing on that I know that zoom isn't going to permit us to get into today. So, um, I guess it's it's. I guess it'll just have to be an, another, another podcast. Hopefully, sometime soon. Yeah. How about you? Um, no, I think that's interesting because that, that I think gentleness is one that I had not really pondered, but I think particularly when we tie it to to meekness and humility, it makes a lot of sense. And and again, you see where. Uh, where it kind of seems to undergird a lot of these other things like patience, like forgiveness, like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, again, love is patient. Love is kind. I imagine love is probably gentle, you know, mm-hmm. among other things at times. So I, I think that, you know, there, there are passages that talk about how we have different gifts. Mm-hmm. You know, the spirit gives us different gifts, but th- these aren't, these aren't like, these aren't, gifts in the way that like teaching or hospitality are gifts it's like like what whatever gifts that we have in the spirit or from the spirit or through the spirit the fruit of the spirit would be involved in actually living them out mm-hmm. so, so like i can't really say well i just don't have the get the fruit of gentleness like that, that's just not the fruit that god gave me mm-hmm. Because if he's given me the spirit, then then all of these yeah. things are are available. Yeah. And we're now down to less than a minute. All right. Who's praying? I guess it's me. All right. Um, Lord, thank you so much that, that Byron and I get to discuss your word. Bless him and, and the guys that he's with um, to do your will um, while they're away. Bless us here. Um, as we wait for him to come back, but even more importantly, Lord, as we wait for Jesus to come back. And so, uh, yes, bless us and help us to be like him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 30 seconds remaining.